All right, America, you want to do a show? <coughs> oh, well, uh, I would like to speak for America and say yes. Oh, okay, let's do a show then. All right. Uh, is it, do we have a new? Do we have new theme music? Uh, no, but what do you think of that one? I love that. I love the cars. You love the cars. So shake, let's shake it up. Shake it up. Yeah. Well, you said it exact same thing. Let's try this again. Here we go. There it uh, is. Yeah. Uh, feel free to send an email if you like the Cars song better. <laughs> well, do you have any suggestions? I can no. go through. No, no, I can no, go no. through iTunes and just start cranking them out and see if there's something else that fits. I'm not no. against. No, 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 no. This is good. This well, is good. Okay, now you're just being passive aggressive. You... Welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. I am Brian Irwin. I'm John Huck. It is 2017. That's two zero one seven. It's 2017, but I keep writing. The future is now on all my checks. Okay, good one. I like that one. That's good. You didn't go with that. Well, I can't stop writing. Why you money back? Because I'm uh, no. Hi, no. Mr. Magoo. Can you turn me up a little bit in the ears? Uh, let's see which one you are, Johnny. Yeah, we're Johnny doing Thunderpants. We can. <laughs> I can. There can I, is this you? One, two, three. That's good. Uh, yeah, yeah. That can, good? That, can I have that nickname, Johnny Thunderpants? Johnny, I don't know. Do you want that nickname, Johnny Thunderpants? I, I guess it's better. Would than... that be your wrestling name? Thunderpants. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, it's you know what? It's kind of close to Thundercats, so forget it. Why you don't like Thundercats? No, no. I just don't want. Did you find it too homoerotic? No, I didn't. I I didn't really. Well, I think I might have missed that. The era, the Thundercats, the homoerotic era. No, just uh, the Thundercats in general. I wasn't, I wasn't a big uh, that. I wasn't a fan. I don't remember being into them at all. Did you? Well, that may be because did you? Uh, did you cut out of cartoons early as a kid? Uh, I don't. I don't think uh, early. I mean, because you, you know, I was. I was of the Saturday morning get up early. Right. Right. The, that's the parents a- were like, turn the TV on and leave us alone. Right. And it was Justice League. Was Super Friends basically not Justice League, but Super Friends is what it was called. After the signing of the Declaration, after Bars and Tone, after, after signing the, of the Declaration, after the signing of, of the Declaration of Independence, and and the national anthem they or whatever they played. No, but don't you remember that they would play that that still that painting? They would just show the painting and play the uh, right, and they would they would glo- the flag would would the be flag like would superimposed go, over. Yeah, yeah, it was how they, it was them signing back on basically. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it would yeah, be yeah. Bars and Tone. Sign and off, then, sign on. Yeah, yeah, and they would sign on, and then. There would be a, like a little bit of the schoolhouse rock type stuff, uh-huh. and then you mean uh, learning. Yeah, yeah, some educational cartoons, if you will. I almost feel, kind of feel like the FCC forced them to do that. Well, that's fine. I mean, I didn't, I didn't mind it. I mean, I, I yeah. wasn't like, oh, I hate no, learning. No, I'm saying that's usually you find out later that that's why they mm. do the things that they do. Yeah, that they didn't start with like a hot chocolate ad or some sort of candy <laughs> for you to buy. You used to be able to do that back then. You cannot do that anymore. Right, right. You're not allowed to market towards children. You have to market to the parents. Through, through the parents to the, the children. Par- yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, you know, it's funny you would bring that up because that's the one thing that um, just recently I've kind of like uh, um, been thinking a lot about is that the kids, because obviously I have the kids, they don't, they don't get those same experiences. They're going to live in an on-demand a la carte life. And that's, we grew up in Saturday morning cartoons. You got up to if, watch if, the cartoons. If you weren't you missed up, them. If you, 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 you missed didn't, them. Yeah. yeah, you didn't get to see them. Um, signing on and signing off was interesting. But also the reason why I was asking you about um, whether uh, how late you you were into cartoons, and I don't think there's a correlation between that and comic book people, but was that then there was the after school cartoon. So depending on what kind of person you were, if you just went home, all that was on was either ABC after school specials, and those were only I think on Wednesdays. And um, where you and I grew up in the Midwest, they also I think it was Channel Seven used to have the movie of the day. It was always on at like three o'clock in the afternoon. And my favorite was because I think they made like seventeen Planet of the Apes. It was Planet of the Apes week. It was always like now we have Shark Week and stuff like that. Back then they used to do themes. 
for after school movies, and those are the only ones I ever actually cared about. But it, it, other than that, it was cartoons, and it was usually G.I. Joe, Thundercats, um, uh, He Man, like those are the after Transformers, those yeah. are the after school cartoons. So, yeah, I mean, for the most part, starting early when I started going to school, coming home was I would watch Spectre Man, which was like a. <laughs> uh, do you remember that? It was like a Japanese. Yes, it was actually a live action. action. Yeah, it was live action. It was like it was almost like watching a, a, a small Godzilla movie. Yes, but yes. Spectre Man. That's how, well, how you would trick yourself into yeah. making believe that it was a good. Well, I dude, I just thought it was cool. Whatever, I didn't yeah. know. So I watched. That's where I, I learned how to fight. I watched Spectre Man, but then I liked the monkeys. Like very monkeys. early on, I yep. liked the monkeys. The and monkeys. They, that was obviously reruns from the sixties, yeah. but still, I, I liked that. Banana Splits was on. But I thought Banana Splits was a middle of the day thing. That was more for the I, kids that well, didn't go to I school. I had yet. morning kindergarten. Okay. So when I came home, this is the stuff. But then that all led to Cubs games. Do you know what I mean? Almost every day Cubs was a Cubs games, game. Yeah. It felt like so. Now, and you obviously were you part of the because um, Abbott Costello was weekend movies, but were you a part of yeah. the Three Stooges? Three in the Stooges, afternoon? Son of Svanguli on Sundays. March Brothers, Lone Rangers. You know, Son of Svanguli is back. Is it really? He's back. Not him, but no, he is back. How old is that guy? I don't know, but he's wearing makeup, so it doesn't matter. He's on Me TV. Oh, this is Sven Gulli. Uh, I don't know when. If anybody it's on. is thinking about cutting the cable, cutting the cord, whatever they want to call it, getting rid of Directv, getting rid of cable, going with their, uh, you know, their Amazon Fire, their Hulu, their Netflix, doing all that instead. Me TV is the stuff that is on when you just have an antenna, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah emergency but, but, or but yeah, Miller but the programming the- is actually. Awesome chips, yeah. There are so many good shows from back in the day, and then random shows from now too. Like it's it's very yeah. But here's the problem I have with it, and this is why I don't watch it because every commercial makes me feel like I'm dying because it's because the commercials are also also they're catered they're, to everybody who's dying. They're marketed so to people who don't is, have cable. <laughs> they're like, listen, you're dying. So here's a couple things here's you need to know. Deal. Like yeah. it's you know what I mean. Like it's everything's like, listen, get a will. You probably have this disease. You need to put a mesh around your bladder. Right. Here's a walker. <laughs> um, like everything, and you're just like, I am so fucking depressed right now. You know what I mean? They're like, you've lost your eyeball. Here's a way to right. find it with this yeah. little chip that you put in your eyeball finder. You're like, holy fuck. Oh, that's really so that's, funny, though. That's true. The commercials are geared towards people that it w- might be anti-cable. <laughs> yeah, it's just not even anti-cable. It's just like I, I think back when I used to work on radio, I told you there was a one where I believe that the, the music we were playing was just pumped into into caskets because yeah. I was like, nobody is alive <laughs> that's listening to this stuff. <laughs> no one. So who, who are, are First we of literally? All, can you pump music into caskets? That's I suppose a great... that's something they could they could pay for because I actually um, uh, to to get it. Oh, so anyway. To just stay on course for a second. Yes. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my new thing this year is to, I have a tendency to forget so many fucking things when he talks. We'll just spiral. focus. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We'll um, just focus. Because I, 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 I refuse to do notepads, always have, and so I have no notes in front of me, so I'll forget. Um, but no, so you didn't So you didn't watch the G.I. Joe's? No, but that's what I was going to say. I did watch G.I. Joe. I was really into yeah. G.I. Joe and was, He-Man yeah. uh, for a, 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 probably too long. What but about um, Smurfs? Because that came out around the same time. Smurfs was, but that it? was a morning that was a morning cartoon. But didn't they move it eventually to the afternoon? They, but it was a different, it was like when they kind of changed Tom and Jerry. Do you remember that? Like it was, Smurfs became a little different uh, when it moved to the I afternoon. I was not a Looney Tunes guy, by the way. I did not like Tom and Jerry. I did not like Looney Tunes. What? Because they were always beating each other up and that bored me. Oh, dude, I thought Tom and Jerry was, I can still watch Tom and Jerry. So you like violence? I like. Oh, I mean, you're talking about Three Stooges marathons, man. You're I'm saying about- I. It's interesting when I look back on my life. I'm totally fine with guys getting in planes and blasting the shit out of stuff and blowing each other up right, in like, like science fiction. Sure, but the cat and the mouse beating the shit out of each other. 
uh, the rabbit hurting, you know, like all that, like you don't like Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck. I probably would respect the Three Stooges more now, but for whatever reason, back then I just didn't like the vaudevillian, like constantly anvil falling. It just didn't. I didn't go with it. Like that wasn't my thing. It's I don't know why. There's something that I still find very, very funny about stuff like that. That like the physicality of people hitting each other and stuff. Like in, in in comedy, I don't mean like like I honestly. I don't watch UFC. You know what I mean. I don't. I don't even really watch. But I feel boxing hasn't been kind of but UFC took over boxing. Yeah, but in boxing, yeah, boxing. Well, they don't hasn't have stars been anymore. Anything for a while that would be worth kind of tuning in for. I'm just not that hardcore of a fan, you know. Yeah. Um, but there's something about like, and I just watched. A, there's a show called Deadbeat on Hulu. It's about okay. a, a medium, a guy, uh, a guy who talks to ghosts, but he's also like a stoner, and his buddy is. Uh, an idiot, and they just these adventures they have, and whatever. There's a lot, okay. of, a lot of physicality, a lot of them hitting each other, a lot of them doing stuff like that, and it just it really makes me laugh, man. And then Three Stooges, I can still watch. I do still watch Three Stooges to this day. You know what I mean? Uh, they're uh, and then Laurel and Hardy is not as uh, physical against each other. No, but they had, there was physical things that happened around them, like uh, something would be destroyed around. They would destroy things. They would destroy things, and then they would kind of slap each other a little right. bit. But it was never. It was almost like a little girl fight. You know right, what I mean? They right. were, it was always like they don't. They were all talk. You know what I mean? They never. They weren't like going to throw fisticuffs at each other. But they would definitely be like, "Well, I will defend my honor." And you're like, "All right, idiots." You know, and it's interesting. I don't even know in today's climate if this is even possible. But um, I was watching. Um, you know, CNN does those documentaries like the '60s, the '70s, yeah, the '80s. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I always like to watch the ones on television because I'm always curious on how television developed or what what television were like in that decade. Even though I, I was kind of around for you know a little bit of the '70s of it, obviously all the '80s. And they were showing uh, moonlighting, and I remember how oh, popular moonlighting yeah. was. Bruce and Willis in, and uh, Sybil Shepherd. But in the documentary, they're talking about how there, these types of shows really relied on the fact that the two wouldn't get together. Right? That was a thing. Is like as long as there was that that it wasn't a will them, they won't they. It was a won't they won't they. Yeah, yeah. You, you didn't want them to <laughs> get together. They yeah. wanted that, but then they showed the scene where like they were slapping each other in the face, and I thought, no way. Oh, not you could not write that a man slapping a woman in the face anymore. Even though, again, that's very vaudeville. That's like replace the hands and when it's soft slapping, back and forth, kind of like turning into a kiss or whatever. And I just kind of feel like we've lost that ability to separate the comedy from the actual assholes that do that kind of shit. Yeah, and and and, and you you um you see that with what happened with Steve Martin. And what he said on that, Twitter that with, was I was about, really that was upsetting that he felt the need to delete that and I I, I know he's not a guy who likes controversy and no he's not a con- controversial person he doesn't at want all. to have to defend himself and he doesn't want to have to talk to people that he doesn't want to talk to right so all these people coming at him it was like it, again this is just we live in a time where people get off on being enraged well one I used to think that social media all forms of social media are good I am actually um, less and less engaged in Twitter because I believe Twitter is where most of the anger most of the judgment most of the bullshit the voice you know I think that uh, the social media is great I think it's great to have a voice I think podcasts and all that other stuff are it's all great right all of it is great and uh, but I think that it also has opened up Pandora's box to people who don't who never had a voice and should never have had a voice in the first place because their voice always lives in a world of judgment and hate. There's nothing positive. They're not looking to solve problems. They're looking to just attack on. The, they're just looking to jump on the next person. That's what they get off on. And Twitter, to me, more so than any of the other ones, I 
feel like Twitter took all the racist shit that was in the comment sections of YouTube videos and put it and, and news put reports, an egghead next and to it. Yeah, and it's all on yeah. Twitter now. That's where they all went. Yeah, I mean, that's I, my take. I can see. I still really do love Twitter, but my my goal. I worked with uh, a very funny comedian, uh, Lachlan Patterson, over, yeah. over uh, New Year's. Okay, in, in, at the Chicago Improv, which is in Schaumburg, but. Um, he was, we were kind of in the green room talking about, you know, um, things we want to, what, what do we want to do in 2017? You know, what, what is, what are some goals? And I'm not talking about new year's resolutions or, or whatever. Cause I am obviously, I'm still, I, everybody is a work in progress. Like I, I'm not going to, I'm still trying to be a better person. I'm sure. still trying to live more in the present and, and not worry so much about everything else that's going on and just, you know, just kind of live and, and remember that that's why we're here. And this is kind of a stepping stone into going back into stardust as far as I'm concerned. But, right. but like, like 2017, I'm trying to, I'm going to try to put out a joke on Twitter every day. Okay. You know what I mean? And I, it's, and it's like exercising. Of it's exercising my mind. brain. It's exercising. It's just forcing me to come up with at least one 140 character thing that at least one other person laughs well, at. First off, don't force yourself to do anything that's mean. For- forcing yourself on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm, but, I've, but I've been going since the beginning of the year, which is a couple days now, and I've already had one that nobody liked. So it's like, it's, it's, e- it's ego crushing. One, I have about 400 <laughs> tweets that have gone unnoticed, I've got a, John. I've got a bunch that have not been like, but when I'm trying to be funny, it's like, no, no one thought that was amusing. We are Hollywood Anonymous, the podcast. Yeah. Many things are going yeah. unnoticed. Yeah, that's true. But but my isn't that part of the joke? Yes, isn't that what drives you? But well, the fact that you go unnoticed isn't that what drives you every day? Is is that one chance? Well, that you may go noticed. It, it's rolling the dice, man. It, it used to, but it, I think <laughs> I think now it's more important to don't we can we'll make the call in a second. It's no, no, not oh, that. Sorry, oh. sorry. Uh, no, I mean, you just you notice my douchebag move. That's why I try to not wear my my Apple Watch anymore. Oh, because you what are you? It constantly text it, it and, constantly. Pings my wrist and it forces me. Does it vibrate? Is that yeah? Oh, so and it you forces know it me goes. to look. Yes, yeah. and and people always look at you like, okay, so you're not interested in what I have to say. It's yeah, like, ah. I guess he's more concerned about what time it is. Yeah, and you're like <laughs> always. Oh, this is <laughs> wrap it up. He always wants to. You talked to it Brian, up. who Big Ben? No, I haven't <laughs> talked to Brian in a while. Who stop clock over the stopwatch? <laughs> but I think uh, what was I? What was I getting at? Oh, oh, but instead of worrying about like being noticed or whatever, I I think it's more important to just be like. Do the things that I think are funny. Mm-hmm. Write the jokes that I think are funny, and then when I'm out, I'm in around other people. Just try to make them feel uh, worthwhile. Meaning, like I want people to remember me and think uh, that guy made me feel good about myself yeah. when we hung out. Okay, you know what I mean. So that's my that's my those are my 2017. Try to be funny every day. Okay. Try to get one other person to think what I've done is funny. Okay. <laughs> Even if I got to call my buddy Tim or call my brother, who is a real easy target, you know, I can make him laugh pretty quick. Uh, I'm, I'm still going to try to do that every day. And that's, and then just, you know, try to be a decent human being. That's like, you know, that's like personal self help kind of like, I'm okay, you're okay kind of shit. No, of course, that guy, that guy died at some point, you know. Well, everyone okay. is going to pass away. Wasn't at he the some guy point. that, no, no, I think he's the one that died. He committed suicide. That is unfortunate. Yeah, well, it's just, uh, it's, no, I guess, would you consider that irony, I guess? I don't know. Uh, I mean, a guy who's into writing self-help books can't help himself. Can't help himself. I guess that's a little bit ironic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, By the way, uh, funny side note, because I want to tell you about this before I forget. So, um, 
Christmas is for kids is all about Santa. And I think Santa we've was... talked about this before. Wait, no, I then I already shared the thing about my dad constantly wrecking Elf on the shelf for my kids. No, I thought you wrecked it by your kid walking in on you. And... I thought I did. Oh. But in the end, I didn't. I found out later that um, he, we had a sleepover and those kids told on me. He, we had the friend, the kids stayed up. They saw me go past and I hid in the dark, which is like, it's just, it's just the wow, fact that. Wow, dude. That, cre- that, that I had a creepy, <laughs> like, you wearing like around. a black turtleneck and a, a cat I, burglaring all over your house? I should have, but apparently it was just weird that a grown man had to, like, creep around kids. And the kids are, are awake his. and looking at you going, What's, what do you think Mr. Irwin's doing in the dark over there? A couple there? days later, they said to my kids, are like, why was you, your dad was downstairs for like a half hour where that, uh, that elf ended up. And I'm like, oh my God, you little narcs, what are you doing? Don't wreck it. You know the, guy, the unwritten rules. But anyway, so it, it was a constant battle. Narcs to 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 maintain this level of like white lie land Mystery. of like happen happiness. Santa is pretty easy because Santa, you got that one down. You I mean, got to go like to this, bed, or he's not showing up. He's this you can't be up, or he's not going to come here. Yeah, but the, the, the problem with the elf is it's a physical thing. You have You're to gonna get see up. It. You, they're going to move it. it around. You got to create this whole to do and all this stuff, right? Um, and so what I was doing was I because the the I was having the elf take dumps every day. Yeah, with her with her she kisses kisses. Yeah, and I was posting them for a while. I was posting them online where my parents are and they're in their eighties. And every day that my dad would talk to my kids, he's like, oh, "I see your dad made him poop on the thing." I'm like, and I can hear in the background because my parents are. Like a little bit they, deafer, so they're, they're, not, they're on speakerphone. And my mom and my sister is they're like, No, no, it wasn't Brian. My dad's like, Oh, your dad is so silly making him fight Darth Vader. And they're like, No, 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 no. And my kids so are like, Your mom gets it. They're in the back going, No, 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 the elf does that on his own. And he's like, What? Like he's confused. He doesn't. So now he's trapped between the phone. Fu- yeah. And my kids are like, Well, well, no, I mean, he does that on their own. And I, I can hear my mom in the back going, Yes, he yes, he does. Yes, he does. And every time I'm like, I'm just sitting in the back going, but Dad's fucking blowing this shit. Yeah. He's blowing uh, this. Like, at a certain point, you're like, who, who, who do I care? All right, well, and so it turns <laughs> out in the end, like I'm freaking out. My mom and my sister are freaking out on the other side with my dad. My dad is confused. The kids are confused in the middle. And then I realized in the end that kids are pretty smart. Yeah. They're, the jig is not up with them either because when the jig is up, all that shit goes away. So there's a reason why I think kids hold on to fantasy longer than we expect them to is because they also at a certain point they're figuring out it's easier to believe all this bullshit so that they can get what they want way more benefits out of it of happiness course. gifts whatever yes. it is and it, and and look like you said I don't think kids are stupid and if they're watching their parents believe a lie then okay we'll do that and and I, I'm, they probably already know a couple kids that are older than them who are like yeah you know who've already ruined it somehow yeah 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 but at the same time. Those kids are probably like, yeah, but if you just keep going with it as long as you can, and then at a certain point, you're like, come on, no. And they're like, yeah, all right, you're right. And then you all go and well, so you start point, doing stuff like giving each other you know, candles wrapped in paper bags, and I gave my mom cash for Christmas. <laughs> Let me see if I can get this to play here. This is, this is my kids believing in Santa Claus and getting an Xbox One. Let's see if I can get it to work. Hey, Tanner. Oop. Okay. No, wow! That was because that was that was Santa, and 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 it's like Santa the, got them for that. That wasn't Santa yelling, "Yes, yes." No, that was me. Yeah. feeding into because I also was surprised. Yeah, that it had had showed up. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what you have to be. Well, I guess, you know, my parents never pretended to be, they, they would always say, oh, I don't know what that is, it's from Santa. Well, I, I didn't know, I, what, I was pretending I didn't know what it was. Right, but then you're like yelling, yes, yes, my parents yeah, never got it. Yeah, to get it, well, because Tanner, my oldest, who the day before had had it with our old our, our video game system because it was it, it was it had been broken for a year and was frustrating, so you can't hear him yelling there, but he goes... I don't care that the other stupid one is broken. It can go in the garbage. Like he's doing this whole monologue about like <laughs> he's got a he's got a speech prepared. Yes. Like dearest Santa, four score and seven video yes. game systems ago. He was like trashing the other one, which also in the past had come from Santa. So he was simultaneously apologizing while he was bashing it, like saying, "I'm sorry, but I don't care." Because that was a piece of in his a kid mind. Yeah, it's a piece, piece of shit. Right. We got the new one. I like how he's sorry. He's, I'm, I'm that sorry that one. you know that I'm going to feel this yes. way, but I don't care. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, that's nice. Like I said, my first grade teacher ruined it for me, and that was there was really once I once I got the explanation from my mom, I was like, okay, which was well. Not one guy can go all over the world and deliver. That's crazy. But he's got a lot of helpers, and there's a lot of. And I was like. Okay, uh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, fine. And then, again, it was like, what's Santa going to bring me? And still, to this day, if I'm home or if my mom sends packages, there's usually something from Santa in there. Written I, in her handwriting. like you know. Yeah, but that's kind of, look, look, you'll get it back. You ever have kids, you'll get the whole spirit thing oh, back. Like, I went through oh, years dude, of don't like, get me whatever wrong. with I'm, it. I'm sorry. I I didn't mean to sound like I was not into Christmas. No, 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 I, no, no. I'm saying that I went through the same phase. You, you Eventually, you become an adult. And it's you're done with it, and you're not wow. really back into it unless you're Steve Simone. You're not really back <laughs> into it until you know you end up having kids and you start getting back into the fantasy part of it again. Because Santa's not like comic books where you kind of hold on to it. You I, know got, I, mean? I gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta disagree. I, I am still and have never really gotten away from like. Like I made everyone watch Fred Claus this Christmas. Like uh, this is like I love those movies. I love movies about Santa Claus. Yeah, but you're not participating in Santa activities. Well, I mean, I got nieces and nephews now, so yeah. I mean, kind of, but now you have. Yeah, but even even before I was, you're right. I guess I wasn't like, but I would still, I'd still wake my brother up on Christmas morning and read him The Grinch, which he hated (laughs) because we were always hungover on Christmas. Like he just hated. But but like I, I want to keep that going with his kid and like I, there's just stuff about Christmas like even Nicole said it she was like I guess you really like Christmas more than I do and I was like what what like I thought everyone liked Christmas the same no I, I think it just depends on how it soured for you in your life and then but, how you get back in you have to, but you have even, to refine but it the was spirit. never sour like I still like and this is why I love YouTube and the internet and all that like I can, I went online and I could watch the rich little Christmas Carol mm-hmm. remember that that yeah. HBO put out where yeah. he does WC Fields as, as Scrooge and like I love that. Like I, we watched that since the '80s. You know, I've watched that every year, and and now I can listen to the 1932 uh, radio show by the Campbell Soup Playhouse with Orson Welles and like mm-hmm. Scrooge, Li- yeah. Lionel Barrymore yeah. as as Scrooge. And like my dad would play that on. He had a record or or it was on tape, but he would play that every year, and we would sit in the dark with the Christmas tree on yeah. and listen to that. And I. Loved it. So you still and, listen and to I it? I still, I made it a point. I was up north at Nicole's mom's house for Christmas. I made it a point to like put on my my wireless headphones and like literally just like lay and lay down and listen to it because I make my kids listen to it and then they told me one night they're like, "Can you not play that anymore?" And I was like, "Why?" And like, oh. I was like, "Oh no!" And they're like, "It's scary." Ah, because it, like, it, okay. it is. These kind are the of things scary. you don't realize. Like, I just would that that what you described there. Yeah. If I was to set up the house. 
turn off the lights, turn on the Christmas tree, and play that, I'm asleep 10 seconds later because I'm dad now. And I can't stay awake anymore. Like, so you're not dad yet. So you have you have a flexible lifestyle, which allows you to do a lot of things that I'm not capable of doing, yeah. which I've learned. I'd be, I never understood like why my dad always fell asleep at 8 o'clock. And I understand now. I think part of it was he just was tired of us. And if you thought if he just sleeps, if you longer, close your eyes, like they leave me alone. Yeah, yeah sure. For longer. That's, you can have yeah. dreams about different things that are not, including your kids. Yeah. The, um, but sticking to that theme, and then uh, we'll we'll call Joe because I want to talk to Joe. But sticking to that theme of the movies, so Elliot, who's eight, I wanted to share with him. It's a Wonderful Life. Now, right, and I didn't realize this, but right before I showed it to him, and I I read this article, and I can't believe it took me this long to know anything about the history of this movie. I read an article about the movie and kind of put the blind blinders up and still watched it with them. They talk about. How dark that movie really is And why it's dark I didn't know that Jimmy Stewart One, did not want to do that movie He had zero interest in doing that movie He had just come back from the war And if anybody remembers anything about Jimmy Stewart He was a bomber yeah, he, like, flew, he actually he dropped planes. bombs on people Yeah, yeah. And, and he came back He was kind of disturbed during that time And they, and, and they talk about like how, how his point of view on life And where he was as an actor at that point Really helped the darkness of that movie. As well, especially when it starts, he's miserable. He jumps in the river. You know, yeah, it's a dark, <clears throat> dark film. And so I'm reading all this, going, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I grew up and watch it. So we start watching it. The first thing I see is he goes into Mr. Gower's place. Mr. Gower, it's poison, and he starts beating the shit out of the kid. And yeah. I'm like, oh my god, this is another one of those bad news bears moment where the adults beating the, sh- the yeah. children again. And yeah. I'm showing my kids, like, this is a Christmas movie. But you have Not, to, what's the But the, the Christmas spirit doesn't come. But yeah, but dude, it's, takes it takes a while. an hour and a half for the Christmas spirit part. Yeah. There's death and sadness and, like, people trying to find themselves. And, like, I'm like, this is not an eight-year-old's movie. Again, I feel like I saw that movie when I was really little we and did. like was like, this is great, you know? Because like, it was black and white, but I had no idea how dark that film really genuinely is. If but it's everything about that movie, people losing their money, people losing their homes, people losing their minds. But like, then I think the point of beating the children is that in spite of all of this, everyone, every, I think the point is that <laughs> I didn't write the movie, I didn't act in it, <laughs> I don't have an original script in front of me, but... With all that, like the, everybody can lead a purposeful life. You know Absolutely. what I mean? It doesn't. You don't have to be. It, it's just. It's just kind of. A, everyone's going to have problems, and your problems aren't necessarily bigger or better than anyone else's problems. And you're not. Shouldn't be judging other people's problems. And everyone should just be kind of trying to help each other out at the same time they're helping themselves out. And I don't disagree with a single thing of that. It's just a matter of whether or not an eight-year-old yeah, was going to really comprehend because right, yeah. he would rather watch like the Beverly Hills Chihuahua Christmas, which I those things are like anything related. Oh, the to Hallmark. That. I don't know. I'm just making oh, that okay. stuff. But the, the mindless stuff, the yeah. stuff that could ne- could never go that deep with character development. Right. Oh yeah, right. That's that's kind of where they, what they would want to watch and you know talk about. I can't watch any of that stuff. Uh, well, and again, a movie you should show them because they're brothers. I think both your kids. You know, uh, Fred Claus. I think that's a fun. Okay, it's a funny movie. Vince Vaughn does a great job. He plays Santa Claus's brother, Paul Giamatti is Santa Claus. Okay, it explains the whole thing in the beginning, and it's about how Fred Claus doesn't like Santa, and he ends up having to go to the North Pole and help him. Kevin Spacey plays this evil uh, dude who's trying to shut down the North Pole. It's it's ridiculous uh, when I'm talking about it, but it's like if no, you, that if I gave like you a, a plot of movie. Elf and I didn't tell you Will Ferrell was in right, it, you'd right, be like, right, throw right. this in the garbage. <laughs> <clears throat> but 
I think Elf is a good movie, but I really, I really like Fred Claus, and I, I, it's it's not as as a well known classic as a lot of these other movies, but I'll defend it because I think it's great, and it's two brothers, and it's it's a good movie. Now, uh, speaking of movies, and we're going to move into the 2016 going into 2017 part of our uh, show here. Yeah. Um, I know you did stand-up. You did a a New Year's uh, uh, stuff. Um, I, of course, uh, got to watch. uh, I let Elliot make the choices of what we're going to do because we stayed home. We don't get invited to parties because we have kids. Right. um, uh, We watched uh, a Jaws marathon. Ooh, wait. Yes. With your kids? Yes. Ooh, if we had watched the first Jaws, but we started with Jaws 2, which already oh, starts okay. getting ridiculous towards the end. Well, memories, buddy, memories. It, okay. It sticks, it sticks a little bit more to the idea of the first one. Yes. And there's. Uh, it just wasn't as fleshed out as the, as it's, the first It's one. just not the first one. The first one is and a standalone. And then we got to Jaws classic. 3D. Oh, man, that's a great one. Dennis Quaid, they're in the, the amusement park. A Louis Gossett Jr., that French guy goes into the thing and they bite him and then they pull the <laughs> pin and there's a big explosion. Yeah, dude. Uh, I, did I ever tell you about that? How. <laughs> Because that movie, Apparently, so so you're excited. Well, okay, maybe you should have done the. Uh, I want to hear what your your take is done because you got to Jaws four, right? No, I fell asleep before then. Oh, because that one's now, a real that one's a real. My bad. old boss, which I still I hope we can get him on the show one day, Joe Alves, who was a production designer for Close Encounters of the Third Kind, <laughs> and for Jaws, and Joe also uh, directed Jaws 3D. So I would love to get him on the show. I have we, to. I don't know how to get a hold of him. I probably. I have like. I got to find a way to get a hold of Joe because Joe would be a great guest. I went to because I'd seen that movie a thousand times on television. Right, not in 3D. I was unable to see it in the theater when it came out originally. When the blue and yellow. Yeah, I think it was like glasses. the mid 80s or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I, I never went. So it came out on, on TV. You know, I was seeing the edited version, but it was. It looked terrible in on well, 2D. Yes. You know what I mean? So I then they were showing it at the New Art in Santa Monica in 3D. Okay. And they were going to have the cinematographer there answering questions after the sh- after the sh- movie was done playing. So me and my buddy Tim Hall asked to the New York cuz I'm like, "Dude, we got to go see Jaws." Like I just read about it in LA Weekly. Like I'm like, "We got to go see Jaws." This is before we had iPhones. This was right, like right, right. I go, "We got to go see Jaws 3D in Santa Monica. Let's go." Like I think I still had a BMW at the time. Like old BMW and we so we drive there and we get in we watch the movie and it's just as bad in 3D I was like this is still terrible what is the 3D is awful this is awful and then at the end the guy stands up to answer questions I'm like let's get out of here because the only question I want to ask is why did you show up to ask answer questions like just stay home because it was really so you didn't stay we didn't stay for any of the questions we got out of there because I was like man this movie and again I think I had just watched the first one again right and like you can't that first one is such a uh it's like my version of a perfect movie like the characters everything that happens it's like it's a, it's essentially a horror movie yeah but it it's more suspense and then you really those characters develop and you get to know them and you're like and i mean the acting you can't robert shaw yeah is that is one of the greatest scenes when he talks about the uss indianapolis that's one of the greatest scenes. <clears throat> I'd compare that. You know, you know what's similar to that? You ever seen the movie Simple Plan? Yes, a long time Billy ago. Bob Thornton, mm-hmm. uh, Bill um, Paxton, oh, okay. uh, Brett Briscoe. These, these guys find a bag of money in the North Woods of Wisconsin, and they shot it up where I went to college. So that's how I got to... I interviewed Billy Bob for my thesis and stuff. But in that movie, he gives... It's almost like... They didn't know Quint was going to give that exact speech he was supposed to say something and he talked about the USS Indianapolis which 
I don't Wait, know. they left it up to him to give the... Okay. It was like he kind of improv this thing, okay. is what I read. And the same thing, Billy Bob Thornton gives this kind of speech in this truck with his brother, Bill Paxson, in this movie, Simple Plan. And it's real heavy. And you're like, whoa. And then you find out later that Paxson the whole time was just looking at him like, dude, this isn't part of the script. What are you talking like? But like, it was, but it really worked. And it was like, just that's what I'm saying. The acting in Jaws is... The rest of those movies are not comparable because of that well there yeah that's part of the problem whenever you do the rest of it is you're right is this really the same shark this is ridiculous come on give me a break you know they still struggle with the same animatronic problems. They they with the, in the shark with the second one, but they they stuck but we'd more to seen it. Yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't the same. I saw Jaws two at my grandmother, my dad's don't mom's. Wrong. I pop. like Jaws two, but but yeah. that's kind of where it ends. It ends. Yeah, because you the fourth one, they're 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 uh, the, the youngest the son revenge. The, yes. the youngest the son dies in it. New York. Gets eaten by a shark trying to do something out in the harbor. Okay, New York. Okay. <laughs> And then, then, then the family without the dad, because Roy Scheider has allegedly had a heart attack already and died. The now the youngest son is dead. The oldest son is doing research. And Roy Scheider just wanted him nothing to do with that after Jaws too, because I think he was still alive at that point. Yeah, yeah. And he, they use Scheider died. They, he died like this in two thousands, right? Yeah, he, okay. I was going to say he died. I think in the last ten to fifteen years. Yeah, okay. I'm there. Anyway, <clears throat> yeah. But then, so they go to the Bahamas, where the oldest son is a marine biologist working with Mario Van Peebles. <laughs> Uh, and they are on a boat, and Michael Caine is in the movie, and Michael Caine was on Inside the Actor's Studio, and he goes, and he was, Lipton is asking him something, and and Caine is like, well, you know, I wish I could do a good Michael Caine impression, but he's like, well, you know, sometimes you do a script because uh, it's amazing, and he names like three or four movies he did where the scripts were just great, you know, and it's good acting, and then sometimes you do Jaws 4 because you want to put a deck on the back of your new house, you know what I mean? (laughs) And And right there, I was like, you know what? Yeah. Why isn't Michael Caine allowed to do shitty movies? You are now. Like now it. you don't get held accountable for anything you do. You can you can do three turds, one amazing <laughs> one, and no one you cares can about be the in turds. A movie called Three Turds. Nicholas Cage makes a career oh, out of making dude. movies that no one ever sees. Dude, yeah, and and you realize that it, it, you're right. It's gotten. He's made so much money because he owes so much money. Yeah, but you know, same thing with uh, what's his name, but uh, from Blade, uh, Wesley, Wesley Snipes. Snipes. The same thing. They just keep making movies. Well, dude, I was trying to have this. Con- I was telling my mom the other day, like. Like nothing against Cuba Gooding Jr., but he wins an Oscar for Jerry Maguire, and then his next fifteen movies are like Snow Dogs, Snow Dogs Two. Like, well, I think part of that too with him, I think he just said he wasn't he does he didn't get a lot of good. Right, people weren't well. Yeah, I'm not saying offers. he's turning down Oscar winning roles and and taking Snow Dogs Two. I'm saying it's just interesting. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, give me that dog one again. Doing the dog. The dogs are talking. I am in. Like I'm just saying, like the fact that nobody like sees him. That's like the guy who wa- was nominated for Captain Phillip. I'm the captain now, Captain. Well, right, yeah. I mean, again, you're kind of you're, you're a niche. And... You're a niche actor. You can only do Look, so many and, things. And it goes back to I still think that like the fact that you know whether you wrote a hit song or you uh, won an Academy Award or a, a Grammy or an Emmy. If nothing ever happens after that, hey, at least you got that. I mean, you got that far. So. And I know that's that's for some people that's not enough. Well, but it's still pretty impressive. But it's still pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. I mean, I need to go back to this Billy Bob Thornton thing. What you you just skated over that? We've never talked about that before. Oh, I thought so, we talked no, about that. No, when I was in college, they shot. I was doing my senior thesis, which I didn't know what to write about. I have a, I have a degree in English literature and a minor in creative writing. Mm-hmm. And for the thesis, I was supposed to pick like at first I was going to write 
you have to write like 50 pages. Mm-hmm. And I was going to write 50 pages on Dante's Inferno. Okay. And then I started reading Dante's Inferno, and I was like, ah, I'm not going to be writing 50 pages. What about Dianetics? This. Dianetics by L. Ron Hubbard? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't read that, but we okay. thought it was a joke book when we were in kids. And, well, uh, yeah, especially us, because we were detached from it for where we lived. We oh, just, yeah. Like, I, I, those I like, commercials with the volcano this? exploding. Yes. Like, okay. Dianetics by L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember those ads vividly. Um, anyway, I was... I was talking to my my the professor who was kind of overseeing my thesis, and I was like, he's like, well, if you don't want to write about that, what do you like? What do you like? Oh, dude, I like movies. I like watching movies. And like, he's like, what about like doing mo- movies and movie reviews? Like, seeing movies and get, you know. And I had to do an internship, and at the time, I was like, going to take an internship writing movie reviews for the local paper. And I was like, oh, I could just do, this could be my senior thesis. I could write these movie reviews and then di- dissect these movies and talk about why I think they're good and why I think they're bad and. And I quickly learned that I didn't know what I was talking about and that movie critics in general, it's like, dude, if you're going to be that critical, why don't you go make a movie? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, so, <clears throat> but it was one of the movies I wanted to talk about was Sling Blade because it was one of my favorite movies of all time. And Billy Bob Thornton happened to be in Ashland shooting Simple Plan, and which is insane, right? And my girlfriend at the time was a waitress at the bar that of the restaurant that he was staying at. <clears throat> So she just serving him one night was like, hi, my friend would love to come in and interview for his thesis if that's a thing you'd be interested in. If not, don't worry about it. I don't want to bother you. Sorry. He was like, yeah, no problem. So basically he was like, I can have sex with you if your friend comes in and talks to me. Okay. <clears throat> so I was like this because she was there at the interview. I was like, why are you here? And I was like, oh, I see. <laughs> so, but, but so I got to sit down with him for an hour, hour and a half. We chatted about making Sling Blade and where his career had been before that and what was going to happen in the future and, you know, and to taking different roles and whatever. And he was very cool. And at the end, we all went bowling. You know, and uh, the, the real... So that's, she was there for bowling? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, the real, the real uh, uh, greasy guy in Sling Blade, the guy who's covered in grease the whole time, uh, is Billy Bob's like really good friend. His name is Brent Briscoe. He's been in a bunch of movies, um, kind of smaller parts, but he's he's a really good actor mm-hmm. uh, actually. And uh, he was he was there, and we kind of like chatted up with him. And then when this girl came out to visit one time in L.A., we went and had Christmas dinner at Brent's house, and he was all in a, a Christmassy mood. He's like, "You guys, me and my buddy Tim were there." He's like, "You guys come back anytime you want, man. We'll watch football together." So this girl leaves town, and me and Tim still live here, so we take him up on that. I don't think he would ever expected that. <laughs> we literally went to his house to watch a Rams game because he was a big Rams fan, and uh, it was super uncomfortable, and then we just left. <laughs> and that was the last time I saw the guy. He basically wanted to make sure that this would be the last time you guys would ask well, him to come was, over? Well, he or? was literally just watching football <clears throat> when I called him. He was like, yeah, sure, I guess. Come on over. <laughs> and was very. I don't mean to say he was mean or rude or anything. No, no, no. But it was but one of those things like, really, you're... Yeah, okay, that was just something people say, but okay, great. Thanks for coming. But people should never say that. Though. I agree. Gonna, I agree. I didn't feel you bad. Can't, you didn't can't feel bad. make these offers. We had this argument within my family. Something happened with my family decades ago where that came up, and 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 one of my sisters was like, they don't mean that. And, and <clears throat> I, my parents were like, then don't well, if they say don't it. mean it, don't then why it. would you bring that up? Because we're feeling like there's a connection here and we're moving down this path and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just need to understand this. It's a social thing. I'm like, well, and I, w- and I remember going, it's a stupid social thing. Right. Then. Right. Yeah. You need to say nothing. You, all you need to say is thanks for coming over. Yeah. Great to have you. We'll, we'll see you around sometime. Like yeah. you can stay way more vague. Yeah. You don't need to do like a false invite. I agree. I agree. 
Yeah, and then I, be mad when somebody takes you up on the false. Interview. Right, right. But that's like, ah, oh, come on out to my house, man. I got plenty of room. And then you're like, okay, I'm coming out. And they're like, boo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you need, man. Whatever you, <clears throat> you just let me know. Well, I need a couple things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna be able to get you those. Didn't really mean things. the need thing. Whatever you need. Part. That's that's kind of a good uh, transition point. We can because we talk a lot about we talk to people a lot who have just moved out to Los Angeles oh, who yeah? have. Yep. Who have just gotten here or have been out here, and we hear their stories of like what it's like to move from their town, whether it was small or they're from another city or whatever it is. But their different journeys to get to these places and to come out to LA and to end up where they're at at this point. But we have never actually had a guest who was out here for a brief amount of time and then realized this is not what he wanted at all, and then moved back pretty much without consulting anybody and just kind of on his own was like, you know what, this isn't for me. I was much happier back where I was and that to me is one super honest uh, that you if you can be that honest with yourself because there are some people that I'm sure are like I have to stick it out I came out here and they do it just out of either frustration or and then they become bitter and angry and jaded and and it turns out that this isn't really what makes them happy and now they're just beyond ever being able to find out how to be happy yeah and and I I, I think I, I tipped you off that you said you maybe had heard something about it but I saw he, he, he made a really nice post on Facebook about you know heading out yeah um, a great farewell speech on Facebook and um, and he was one of the he was a really exciting guest to have on if you guys remember Joe Roderick one of our best actual shows yeah, I, I mean, mean that his story his family <laughs> and this is kind of you know probably who he is just as a person in general like that's how he was raised his dad was doing that taking in refugees and get you know what i mean and greek yogurt and all that whole whole jazz fighting crime fighting crime you know not just not just local crime he was fighting Inter- world crime international crime international yeah crime. so so joe was raised with a sense of like purpose do, <laughs> purpose do what's right you know what i mean and and also probably with a life is too short to kind of waste your time doing things that aren't making you happy and aren't furthering who you are as a person. So he has moved back to Illinois after only being out in L.A. for not even a full year. Right? I mean, he was only out six, I guess. Let's six, get him on the blower. Yeah, we're going gonna to call Joe right now. Let me see right if now. I can get him on. He knows we're calling, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're about to find out. Hi, Joe. Joe. Hopefully he still has me programmed in there because if he doesn't, he's gonna be like, I don't know what this three two three number is. It could be, you know, once you come out here, you're just no. He he knows. You're just gonna get solicited. No, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. He's not answering. Well, my he's phone not number. answering. This is uncomfortable. No, it's fine. Hello. Oh, hey, buddy, there, he, there is. he is. I thought. Do you still have me programmed into your phone or no? This Brian. No. Is this? Is this? Uh, hello, John. <laughs> this is John. This is John and Brian. Brian called you. That's why you didn't recognize oh, Mrs. him. Hawk. Yeah. What? Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> so wait a minute. You've already deprogrammed me after after such a short period of time. I've been Brian deprogrammed. Taken right out of the phone. That's great. I saw your name, you old goat. <laughs> so I I I told John I wanted to have you back on the show. First off, we were just talking about how amazing that episode was where you were on here and, yeah. and sharing. And but you know it is interesting that you you made you made a decision pretty quick about. Not wanting to stay here, but before we even get to that, I'm just curious because um, you know I know you tried to stay in touch with me a couple times. And we briefly chatted via texting, but what what? How long did you end up staying out here, and what what did you do while you were here before you made the decision to leave? Boy, uh, hang on, let me get my notepad. Okay, good. <laughs> I I know you worked for a little while, right? You you did the you did the site repping thing, right? I did. Yeah, I. Um... What did Let's you end see. up getting to do After. on the site repping stuff? 
uh, what did I get to, like, what shows did Yeah, I what on? shows did you end up working on? Like, what did you end up doing? I got to do uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay. Yeah, one of the funniest shows on TV. Yeah, yeah. And then a show called uh, This Is Us. Okay. Uh, which is actually doing very well, and will probably win a bunch of Emmys. So so far, you're touching gold. Good. Yeah. That's that's what that's what people say. And then this other show called The Fosters. So those were kind of like the three main ones that I uh, worked on. And uh, and what about uh, and how was how was stand up and the other goals you had out here? Like how was like what kind of stuff did you get to do? Some decent stuff before you bailed town, or was that part of the the bigger picture of it? Wasn't all you expected it to be. Yeah, no, I pretty much got to do everywhere that I wanted to do. Um, it was just so like the timeline is, is uh, we did a podcast, what, May, something like that, April, May. Now, you were fresh off the boat at the time. Yeah, you so were real, you got you were real out new. We had, I hadn't. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we went out partying a few times. Yeah, so uh, I ended up, uh, you know, how you have to do, you, you have to get a, a, a day job yeah. to keep yourself afloat. So I went back into uh, social work. I got a job working at an inner city LA school, and um, I was working with kids there. And uh, eventually, uh, thanks to your connection, Brian, uh, I got got that job working as a site rep for what I found out is like Hollywood's biggest locations company. Uh, and then other people told me, like, you son of a bitch, you skipped all these shitty steps that <laughs> you needed to do. Like, you never had to be a PA. And I was like, no, I was trying to, to be a PA, and I couldn't couldn't get in. Uh, so apparently you got me, like, the sweetest gig there was. <laughs> site, site repping uh, is, a, is a pretty sweet gig. Well, if you think about it, Joe, right, and you now know this, it's like you, you, you're, you're, uh, you're in the production, but you're not part of the production. They still feed you. You are first in, last out. Every once in a while, you got to deal. You know, you got to you know deliver some bad news, and you may not have even gotten to that point with your gig. But the rest of the time, you're just kind of hanging out and getting to go to free film school in, in many ways. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You're hanging out, and not only that, like you're you're meeting the directors and like the head of uh, you know like set design and all these important people. You know, you should be excited to to meet. So yeah, so once I got that, you know, I quit the uh, the day job, and uh, I was super excited because that's that was been you know the goal for six years was get a job in entertainment, get my foot in the door so I can quit my day job and uh, onward to a, a life of happiness. And uh, like that first day on set, um, and I don't want to say. Um, anything bad about the show because it's nothing that they did or anything like that. But, you know, you see the craft services and the expensive set pieces. And, uh, like, for for example, like, they were shooting one scene that was, like, a three-second clip, if that, of, like, an office closet. And in that office closet for that three-second clip, they had more abundant and nicer school supplies than that uh, inner city school that I had worked at. I was just like, ah, Jesus. So, you know, after that first day, I got in my car, and then I just broke down. Like, I started crying because 
like I said, I'd work six years to get to that point where you, you, you get to quit your day job and, and get your foot in that dream, you know, position. And, uh, I felt nothing like there was no joy, no happiness. It was just, Oh, this is what I've sacrificed and put myself first for the last six years to get to this, to do what? And then, you know, I, I didn't give up. I just kept kind of grinding it out and, you know, I'd go up on stage and talk about it a little bit, see if anybody else kind of had those similar feelings. And, you know, there's some people here and there that kind of felt that way, but for the most part, everyone was, ah, this is the best place ever. This is the best thing in the world. And uh, so that didn't help. That just kind of made me feel (laughs) more alone. And then as I kind of progressed on, you know, a couple months into it, nothing, you know, none of that was changing. Yeah. You weren't, you weren't finding love for what you were seeing. You were just like still empty. (laughs) Yeah. I was still, still feeling empty. And I was just realizing like, I can't, and you know, not to, you know, it, it just wasn't my path. I can't, focus on myself and my career if it's me because I mean first of all I don't think that I'm that great so why am I um, you know putting all this energy and effort into myself and putting myself first when I have these other pretty remarkable skills that I'm kind of finding out that not a lot of people have you know as far as the patience to work with some of the people that I've worked with and um, you know, some of the empathy skills that, uh, you know, I have. And um, I just realized that even if, you know, I could kind of see the, the future too. You know, I, when you're out there, you get to mingle with some people that are, you know, well ahead of you and where eventually you'll be. And I see where they're at. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think that if I continue this, you know, maybe I'll get a part here and there in a TV show and a film you know, five, 10 years down the road, but I'll still be miserable. And what was so hard about coming back is, well, first of all, you know, it was barely, not even a year, you know, almost a year. Okay. So you were out here almost um, a year. Okay. Yeah. And so you worry about people thinking that you're just giving up or, yeah, but- you know, I'm also about letting people down. Um, but I mean, know, as long as you're as l- back home. I was gonna say, I'm but sorry? I was gonna say, as long as like your wife is is pumped for your decision and you're pumped for the decision, I don't see like you're not the kind of guy that's really gonna worry about what people think of you. But maybe, but maybe you are. Maybe that's why you didn't, because you never called me. I didn't get anything. I saw the post on Facebook and was like, oh, so it's about you now, John. It's not about me. Oh, okay. It's just about that. You know, I'm considered <laughs> Joe my friend, and <clears throat> if he was having issues, I was thinking that he might feel that he could tell me about them or whatever true but joe would you do you really think though that in the end is even if you had shared it with some of the people that you met out here um i guess because our point of view is skewed and um you know we're still in the game and and a lot of times you know and i've i've gone through this with people we're on the bench about, we're on the bench but we're we're in the game yeah i'm sorry yeah we're bench we're, formers. We're, yeah, i'm sorry good call yeah, john thank yeah. you um but that you know Here's these. I've talked to people about that have, that have talked about leaving, and I really think that at the end of the day, unless you're kind of on the fence, like it's still something that's inside of you, a good pep talk will keep you in. But it sounds like it was no longer inside of you. So even if you were talking to people, they could say stuff. But it sounds like 
you had just found a different direction in your life. It wasn't about like, I'm giving up on this because I'm not going to make it. It was, I'm giving up on this because I want something more out of my life. It's not going to make you happy, and you knew that. I mean, is that why you didn't really talk to people about it? Because kind of what was the point? Well, yeah, I mean, and I don't want, don't feel bad, John. I didn't tell anybody. No, I I figured that. It was my wife and my mom. Yeah. Uh, I, I had only talked to those people, even, you know, my best friend who I, you know, when I first moved out there, I lived on his couch. I told him, you know, like, uh, the day I got home, you know, I t- sent him a text because first of all, like it, I don't, I'm not the kind of person that really gives a shit, um, about what people think. There you go. But, uh, I know you almost took your shirt I off at Davy Wayne's. You know what I'm saying? Like everything, you know, I had a nice, nice house here that we sold. I had a great job here that I got rid of. And, you know, you're out here for a year, not even a year. And, um, you know, you, I worried about people thinking I was an irrational, you know, person for like, Oh, he doesn't know what he wants in life. He did all this and now he's giving that up. So there was definitely that sense of shame, um, and worried about, I don't want to have to explain myself or what I'm doing. Right. Uh, there was definitely some of that. And then also, um, I, I was like, I wasn't finding people, I guess I was worried that people wouldn't understand, you know, when, when you're out there, like I said, everyone says that this is the best. This is, isn't this the greatest? <laughs> right. How could you not love this job that you in the, the country? Why don't they move out here where it's warm and it's paradise? And well, it's, you know, it's paradise for some people. Um, but my paradise, you know, is somewhere else. Yeah, I, I, I guess at the end of the day, it, it makes sense. I mean, you found you found something, another voice for yourself that wasn't um, what what you thought it was going to be out in California. And in California and Los Angeles and the entertainment business is not an end all be all. It's not a solution for everybody. Nothing against people that want to do it. I'm still trying to do it. John's still trying to do it. You've just chosen a different path, and I, what I found interesting—it's just your your story. Unlike all the other people, I've had plenty of friends. Like when I moved out from Wisconsin, I was kind of—I was the first of that generation to move out here, and it opened the floodgates. And a lot of people from the Wisconsin area moved out after I did it because they were like, "Well, if Brian can do it, I can do it too." And I kind of fostered a lot of people, you know, through the system. And then I think right after that, the same thing happened out of Chicago. And was and, and so, you, you know, I saw these things, these people come through. And look, majority of those people, this is 16 years ago. They're all gone now. And this is... The majority are gone. You're but one they, cycle. Before that, there was yeah. other cycles. There and, was, you know... And it uh, happens yeah. in every kind of cycle. But yeah. my point is, they gave up. Like, they just did the, all right, I've tried this. I have to go find something else to do. What caught me about your story was that you you tasted it and you you realized there was something else ticking inside of you. You're like, yeah, I thought this was cool. Nothing against all of you that do. I, I have a greater purpose and I'm I'm gone. Thank you guys for everything. Goodbye. And that's kind of what touched me about it. I, the, the honesty and the genuine uh, soul searching that you had had nothing to do with succeeding or failing in Hollywood. It was sort. It almost became irrelevant. In, in, in you leaving. Yeah. Yeah. And thanks for, you know, understanding that. And, um, well, for I mean, God's sakes, what, dude, you're doing great things. I'm doing nothing. I'm in a basement right now with John and a cat. <laughs> well, talking but, to but, on the phone. but also I would like to 
defend what we do as well and that is i don't think like <laughs> we're not like changing if, the if world it wasn't for you know this might not have been for you but like i have decided you know and and granted my ambition from when i first moved out here to what it is now is completely different like at first it was like yeah get what i can oh all the time and now it's like i want to i want to work with people i like i want to be as funny as i can be and i'm going to keep moving forward because if if i keep making people laugh then people are entertained and if i can entertain a few people a day, then that's good enough for me at this point. You know what I mean? So I'm not like, I'm not completely taking a dump on staying out here. I <laughs> uh, No, no. And look, I, I was just half being sarcastic about the fact that we're not, we're not right. changing or saving the world. Sometimes if you can be successful enough, um, and there are a lot of people that are pursuing careers out here that are doing great things every day that no one pays attention to because they're not famous. I'm not saying that those things don't happen. You can, you can do two different things out here. You can be a stand-up comic or an actor, and you can also be rescuing puppies and feeding the homeless or building houses or whatever your, whatever your thing is. It's just that for you, you felt something else was, was more important. And that's, again, that, that's kind of what I connected with and really appreciated. And as- no, yeah. And, and I don't, you know, with my, you know, feelings and, you know, I, I don't want you guys to feel like you're on the fence having to defend what you do because God, you know, I, I appreciate watching comedy watch still you know watching tv shows that's how, that's like, how i know you're not haven't been out here that long in the world <laughs> you know i have a, a stressful job and uh you know thank god for uh comedy shows and dramas and all of escape. that so yeah and that's I want to, yeah i can escape <clears throat> you know that world when i need to and and as, um, and as far as life know, and i want to say something real quick as far as life-changing work like you're, are you back working with kids yeah, I'll be starting here uh, in a week or two. Yeah. All right, so you're so. you're going to make a difference in as many kids' lives as you can, and that's purposeful work, and it's uh, it can be uh, life altering for those kids. And I also feel like if you still keep to, to doing stand up while you're living there, and anybody who still does stand up, and anybody who lives anywhere in the world who can still get up to a mic and can make a few people laugh, that could be the difference of like. Oh, you know, I was going to drive into a tree at the end of the day because everything right. sucks. Or, you know what, this guy, he's had it tough. He's said some funny things. Maybe life isn't that hard or so bad. So there's all kinds of ways to sort of lead a purposeful life and, and do stuff that can have a positive effect on other people. And I think uh, you're... Are I'm you, trying to stop the cat. I was the like, guy, there's a cat in the room, Joe. It's like trying to jump and on I, the And I swear keyboard. to you, he is trying to get onto my computer to just stop this. It's so weird. I know. That's what cats do. They destroy things unintentionally. And I know he wants to just walk no, across the No, that happened keep- the first time I was on. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just trying. He's just trying to shut this thing down, man. He's just. He's like, you know what? We're we're shutting it all down. Uh, but, oh, John, sorry. Oh, you know, I was going to ask you, Joe. Do you still uh, hit up the jukebox? Are you still doing any kind of stand up? Yeah, that's that's what that's what I'm really. I, this is what's great is I have never felt lighter in my life. Uh, there you go. First of all, I've I've dropped like forty pounds. Oh, Whoa. So that that has something to do with it. Right. But, but just the, um, you know, for all those years I had, you know, like one foot out the door constantly. And that was, that's such anxiety to be, I'm here, but I want to be here. And there's that constant tug of war. And, uh, now that I'm fully aware of what I want to do and focus, uh, there's, there's nothing better. So it's nice to be able to 
because you know when you're out there you, you start compromising immediately you know you'll do shorter sets and you want to do your your showcasing stuff and and whatnot here and and here i'm glad i just get to go back to going up thursday friday and saturday hosting shows at the jukebox like uh the owner dan he uh, welcomed me back and that's um, nice the house and in there um so i get to do stand-up still every single weekend and you know i want that to be a hobby of mine now i finished up the stand-up chronicles um i did my last episode this week and uh it's funny that you asked me because i um uh, i sent everybody to your guys's podcast oh. uh, for my last episode i i uh, i played um your interview with me because i felt like you guys did the best job of really explaining who I was before I even kind of was realizing that. Like, uh, you guys just did a great job, um, you know, getting me to open up. And uh, so I played that interview as my last episode. Oh, wow. And uh, that's one thing that I'm happy, too, is that, you know, I don't have to worry about that. You know, I enjoyed doing the podcast, but there was still, you know, a decent chunk of, putting energy and effort into something. And now my wife and I on Sundays, instead of doing, you know, spending five, six hours editing a podcast, we're going to be going down to a, a soup kitchen down in Peoria and doing that on Sundays instead. So it's like I, uh, changing one energy for another. Joe, that soup is for homeless people. You shouldn't be eating that. That's not for you to be eating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I thought you, were, you and your wife like soup, but dude, that's rude. I thought you were going to say you're going to take that five hours to have more sex. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, me and my wife are now going to take five hours on a Sunday to have more sex. <laughs> Find me a married guy saying that. No, more cuddling. Uh, more cuddling. cuddling. John, you're married now. You have more to cuddle cuddling. more often. More spooning. You can't just make eye contact and bone and then move on with your life. Uh, you have to I've, cuddle. I've come to that realization as well, yes. <laughs> the eye contact thing doesn't work anymore. Um, Hot, but that's soup sex. <laughs> but that's really good, man. That's I, 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 You're yeah. comparable. My best friend that I moved out here with uh, in 99, Tim Prey, man. This guy worked in production and kind of five years in was like, he had the same kind of epiphany. He was looking around going, oh, you people are <laughs> garbage. Like He was working for just jerk-offs that would never have helped him in a million years, and he was helping him do stuff like move on Saturdays. You know what I mean? Like He was giving up his personal time to help these people who made way more money than him, who could have hired movers, who never helped him out one iota, and that was it. And, and he, uh, this girl he was seeing broke up with him, and he went and did some missionary work in Guam, and he came back from that, and he was like, you know what? I'm done here. And I was like, I kind of yeah. looked at him. I was like, yeah, you're almost too good for this town in the in the world of production. You know what I mean? Like, and he moved to Montana and he started writing, getting grant money to help uh, homeless people get houses, and then you know, uh, mentally challenged people live on their own. And now he's back in L.A. because he likes the city, and he's do, he's mm -hmm. getting grant money for teen homelessness and 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 uh, soup kitchens and stuff i mean he's really making a difference he's making a huge difference in this in this city and it's um it's just f fascinating that he's gone from being like i care about tv to being like what is even on anymore so what john is saying is what you're doing is not as special as tim and no so if I'm you're saying, trying if I'm you're trying to be the best to you Someone's if you're trying to be the best of it joe you're not okay we have yeah, we was, have a friend out here that does it as that well that was my point joe if you think you're a good person ah wait till you see somebody else be a better person <laughs> No, I was just I was just <laughs> saying that that happens. People can come out here and then change direction and still and like you said, if stand up is just your hobby, I guarantee you you're going to be like you're going to get better faster and you're going to especially being on stage every week, 
You know what I mean? And then you're gonna, um, yeah. and then you're gonna take off, and you're gonna. Uh, yeah, that's all it took. He looked me right in the eyes. Brian's dogs came up to the window and they weren't barking because they couldn't see what was going yeah, on. Yeah, I'll be one of those uh, those Midwest <laughs> comics that no one knows who they are except for a couple unknown comedians, and they're like, "Oh, you got to see this guy. He's really depressing." No, dude. You know, you know what I was gonna say is I was gonna say that if if I ever get to a point where I'm making movies or I'm able to cast whatever whoever I want in there, I'm gonna always think about guys like you and Jeff Bailey and Drift Roberts, just like throwing you guys into stuff just because. You know what I mean? Oh my god, Thanks, man! Jesus, can you hear those dogs, Joe? No, he can't we hear apologize. them. But it just my my kids are home this week from school because they get like seventeen weeks off for the holidays now. Unlike us, we got yeah. like basically a day I think, and a I, half. I think it was like you get Christmas Eve and Christmas, and then you're back at school. That's right. Yeah, there was. Yeah, there barely was any. Although time off. I remember my dad complaining, con- he's like, That's "You got another day cool. off? Come on!" <laughs> uh, here comes. But the, the dogs, the dogs hate John, and yeah. it turns out I found out why the dogs oh, hate yeah. John. It's all warranted. And now Tanner's going to bark. Uh, what happened? <laughs> uh, John was taunting the dogs when I wasn't in the room with him. I didn't realize they would take and it to the, heart. And yeah, think he didn't I was realize the dogs had a memory and it lasts forever. Oh, yeah. You got to keep your fingers out of there, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd be surprised what they can remember. It's weird. So my two memories of Joe uh, will always be the podcast and the and, and you're brushing over. I, I, I can't remember exactly what happened in the show, but you dismissed something that I... In that show, love like no big deal, and I just remember having that conversation. It was one of the funniest things we ever had in a podcast. Was having you on, and then the yeah, second was thing was show, yeah. going to John's um, pseudo bachelor party, bachelor bachelor party, and you started slowly taking your clothes off because it got hot, and you were just sweating profusely. And <laughs> and you've and, never been a guy to shy away from sweating. You're like, yeah, I'm wearing this shirt with no undershirt. It's pink. It's gonna it's gonna pit out, and I don't care. Yeah. Hey man, somebody's got to keep it honest out there. No, you're you, right. Thank you. You're right. You, you know, what you what you helped us with was you drew a line in the sand of all the young people and then the rest of us, like the people that like we have crossed over. We're crossovers. Yeah. The rest of them were still there, going, "Why would a guy? Why would he do that?" And we're I mean, all isn't like, he here? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, you were basically had as much uh, uh, clothing on your nipples as most of the girls there. <laughs> yeah well we were basically all stuffed over into the uncle corner yeah. or whatever that was so it wasn't like anybody was really paying attention to what we were doing which is funny because we were actually reliving something that we were familiar with while everybody else is there is like isn't this crazy yeah yeah we're this all place? like cool the 70s everyone else is like oh man that was so long ago did you know that they still had tvs in the 70s i had no idea <laughs> Well, <laughs> so you, you, no matter, even though you left Joe, you'll never be forgotten by, uh, by us. And, and I assume that hopefully if Dan still likes me, I can come back to the jukebox. All right, let's not turn this into you. No, but I'm saying we'll still get to hang out and we'll still get to, we'll still get to party You and down. every other goddamn comic, as soon as I come back. Hey, I know you, uh, you're not really doing this too much, but uh, you know, if you got anything open at the jukebox. No, I'm not telling you to, get, dude, I'm not asking you to get me booked. I'm just saying <laughs> when I do get booked, we'll be able to hang out. Hold on, Fuck Joe. You, Hawk. Hold on, Joe. My, my cat has a question. What is it, Boo? Oh, he wanted to know if you could get him a, a guest spot at the jukebox. Now that you're... I just like how yeah, you, so... you Joe goes the opposite. He moves back to Illinois and gets pretentious. He's like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck you guys. It's like, whoa, buddy. Whoa. He's the gatekeeper of Peoria, like, buddy. I'm back in Peoria now. I don't need you turds. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So, yeah, dude. Yeah, 
<laughs> thank you, uh, thank you again for uh, sharing your life story. Thanks for doing what you do with with kids. Um, yeah, uh, like you said, patience. I have my own children, but I can only imagine having to take care of other people's children, especially people that are not as well off and have struggled in life. Having that patience and that empathy, you're right. It goes a, it goes a long way. And if you if you realize that's something that you have and you can use that to better other people's lives, that that's awesome. So thanks for doing that. On behalf of everybody who's never going to say it, I say thank you. And thanks for pointing your listeners towards us. So if anybody has started listening to the Hollywood Anonymous podcast who used to listen to Road Stories with, or not Road Stories. Uh, that's fine, Road Stories that's too. Murray's, that's, yeah. that's Murray's podcast. Uh, the Stand Up Chronicles. Uh, we appreciate your... I don't want to call it business. We appreciate your listenership. <laughs> business. We appreciate we appreciate your new listenership. And uh, uh, you can email us at HollywoodAnonymousGuys at Gmail. It all says it at the end. Remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. But then, you know, send us an email. Let us know your new listeners or uh, other people you might want to hear. So I'm just trying to address those people. Oh, okay. I see what you're doing there. Um, and Joe, thank you so and, and much, man. Yeah, go ahead. Before you guys let me go, I want to thank you guys because... Uh, uh, you know, John, I, 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 you were a good friend out there. You got me on spots and shows. And Brian, I would have never gotten my foot in the door had it not been for you. I would have never had this revelation, uh, you know, had uh, you not gone out of your way and thrown me a bone. So, you know, you didn't know me uh, at all. And, you know, you stuck your neck out there. So uh, it's, it's nice to know there's still good people out there. Yeah, nice guys finish anonymous, dude. <laughs> That's how it works, buddy. Well, thank you very much, man, and uh, good luck with everything out there, and I will uh, definitely hit you up when I'm out there uh, later this year. All right, can't wait. All love right, you guys. Man. Thanks, take, dude. Take Talk to you easy, soon. Bye. 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 Yeah, well, there you have it. I mean, there you have it. That's, uh, that's as good as a, a story as you're going to get about a guy who came out and then left and there's no it wasn't because he felt like he was mistreated like he was uh doing it wrong like he wasn't you know it just didn't it held no fulfillment for him yeah and, and he seems fine with, he, he was, is fine with it. i mean that's what you have you should be fine if you're doing something that you're not fulfilled by or that you don't appreciate or you you know almost wouldn't do for free then you should there's it's never it's never too late to start over there are people like I, I will look at Rodney Dangerfield, guys like John Hamm didn't hit it till he was 40. You know what I mean? There's, It's never too late to figure out that you don't want to do what you're doing and change direction and do something else. It is never too late, unless it's like you want to be an astronaut. But you can still probably get a job at NASA, and there actually there is no age discrimination for astronauts, I learned the other day, in looking at the application. Oh, okay, so it's good that you're looking at the application. You're trying to get on a rocket ship to go to the star that you own. Uh, I would not mind going to Planet Hot Tub. Well, it's actually just a star. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's in the Orion Galaxy. You can look that up. Uh, my friend Ryan bought it for me for like twenty five bucks. Yep. So John owns a, pl- a star. I want to go to the star. Which I, could be dude, a planet. I if I wasn't married to Nicole, I would definitely try to be getting on a Mars mission and uh, get myself out there that way. Is that the one where you have to smoke weed and lay in bed for like eighteen months? <laughs> no. If there's something like that, I think oh. I would already be considered as oh, okay. some sort of a top candidate. Okay. So he can lay down and do this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I tweeted at I tweeted at NASA and Neil deGrasse Tyson about how if you need someone to go and test the effects of marijuana on Mars, I've seen last the last Starfighter, I've okay, seen Alien, and I've seen Half Baked. So okay. why not send me up there? By the way, speaking, th- thank you for bringing that up. I, I never would have remembered this, but another one of our past guests, Matt Kirshen, did you see that he was? Yeah, he's on Star Talk Radio. He's on the yeah. But he, I saw he was sitting down with, with Neil, Neil deGrasse, deGrasse Tyson, Tyson. and. Yeah. Um, 
A Bill, Bill, Nye. Bill Nye. Yeah, I, I actually was watched, he holding his own. I didn't get to see it. But. He was holding his own. He does. He does two. He does. He said he's on two or three episodes this season. Okay. Uh, Eliza was on one. Uh, there was a couple other comics they're bringing in. Before it was Eugene Merman and Chuck Nice were always the guys that they went back and forth with, okay. which were all, but always great, always great. Eugene Merman is really funny, man. And Matt Kirshen is also one very funny, but also very smart. So there's he would say things that if I was on there, dude, I would not have been able to say right, those things. Right. You know what I mean? He and I hit him up as soon as I saw it because I was laying in bed and I was like, dude. I just am I watching you on Star Talk? What is this? Like he was like, oh, and what is it? It's well, it's Neil deGrasse Tyson does a podcast from the Observatory in New York, where okay. he is the curator and kind of president manager of, right? Okay, and he always has on. It's it's a great podcast. He'll interview usually a celebrity. There'll be a side interview with a celebrity or an athlete or an astronaut about the you know science uh, and what it's meant to them and how it's affected their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's he tries to have the regular people on, like like Ben Stiller was on, and and guys who can talk about. You know they're not scientists, they're not doctors, but this is how they were affected by science. This is how it affected their work. And then he'll have on the panel will be like a comic and like a guy from NASA or an astronaut and Bill Nye, and they'll also discuss random topics that'll that are like you know is time travel possible, aliens in space, like just interesting you know really kind of intelligent <laughs> discussion that in a car I can listen to that. It really it really gets me going, man. I really it's exciting. Outer space is fascinating to me. I'm not bright, I'm not that smart, but it, it just excites me. And and when I saw Matt on there, I was so pumped that I started tweeting out, guys, check out Star Talk Radio with the new uh, guest host, Matt. And Matt's like, just just so you know, I'm only on like two of those, or yeah. two or three. And I was like, dude, I don't care, man. I'm not on any of them. So I'm, I'm super impressed. And, and we, I, know, we know you get excited about the stars. So. Dude. And space and dude. NASA and all that stuff. Yeah, I just, oh, if you can see uh, the arrival. I just got my screeners in the mail. I got arrival. I can't I wait for it. Nicole to see it. I love that movie. I saw it. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a good movie. It was good, right? It was mm-hmm. different than kind of your alien invasion movies that you've seen in the past it, well because it reminded me more of what those types of movies again uh, close, encounters. close encounters of the third kind it was of very I'm, close encounters yeah. there there was a time that people didn't feel the need when they made these types of alien movies to within the first 10 minutes to blow everything up and start turning everything into some sort of battle and expose whoever this alien was and, and their get, weakness and how yeah, they're going to defeat them so anytime you can get something a little more heady yeah, and I don't mean heady in a bad way. I mean oh, like just... heady and like you can actually enjoy it. I actually we saw um, we saw a preview of it. Um, we were fortunate enough as an, as as a non our friend of mine works at Paramount, so we actually went to oh, Paramount. Oh, cool! He saw the screening. Brought the kids to the screening. Oh, wow! And I wasn't sh- I wasn't sure if an eight and an eleven year old was going to get it, but they they were engaged. They that's the thing about the movie. You need to understand. It's like. It's it may be heady, but it's engaging. So they stayed in it the whole time. I got to be honest with you, my kids figured out the end of that movie before I did because I was a little bit confused, and it took me a second to process. It took me a second too, and I was like, "What?" They figured it out before I did. Yeah, it was really it was uh, it was just a reminder that we can do with less of this shoot first, ask questions later, and more discussion more talking more communication correct you know what yeah, i mean yeah, like yeah. it really it was a different it was a different it was very now that you say that it is like close encounters it's, yeah. it's like don't blow them up let's talk to them yeah you know what i mean and that is we should be doing more of that yeah. just in general in society you know what i mean so i felt it was very uh kind of uh prominent for today's politics and everything as well so 
Yeah, I guess that's one way of looking at it. I actually, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I get that. Yeah. My whole thing was, I'm always fascinated. I've always been a believer of the fact that even though I don't believe in ghosts, I do believe that there's no way we're the only how thing in the universe. How can we be the only, how there's can no we be the only yeah. living cell, like the cells that can communicate? We yeah. think that there has, I mean, and I'm talking because it's endless. There's universes next to universes next to universes. So by when it's just a matter of us, and I'm telling you, if it weren't for the dark ages where they stopped uh, believing in math and science back in the day, right. which we're, look, seems like we're entering into now, if it weren't for that, we'd be light years ahead of where we are, and we might be able to travel already to these places. Now, you whether, really think so? Whether it's going through black holes, look how far we've come since the iPhone was invented. Yeah, it's true. Do you know what I mean? Once that technology ends up getting implemented, it's just it grows leaps and bounds and when you have that many people working at it and that many brains going at it i mean dude there is there is a gotta be a way to travel between universes whether it's like i say through black holes through wormholes whatever it is maybe there, there has to be a way and once we figure that out there's got to be other universes with planets close to suns that have spawned life just like earth whether there's people that look just like us or you know, they look completely different and they grow arms for legs and whatever. We, we won't know that for decades upon centuries, but I think if we don't get too so you're far gonna, behind... So you're going to freeze. You're going to freeze yourself. You know what? If I could, I would. Really? You I, and Ted I, Williams? I, I Honestly, I might. If, they, if I could, I would. If I could afford it, I might. I mean, for the most part, I think in my will, it says just burn my body because I'm done with it. You know what I mean? And I, be, I do believe that we started from Stardust. We come back to that at the end. You know what I mean? You, your body is just a stepping stone to your evolution, I think. All right. Not trying to get too weird, but... No, no, no. You're, but, uh, you're eventually going to end up on your... Maybe that star that you actually own is you. That's what I'm saying. Like, who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I do I, know that ghosts don't exist, but I know that... Well, I mean, ghosts, I, I think... Have you I, seen Midnight Special? Uh, Midnight Special, Midnight Special. It's, it, it was made for like $18 million. It's a Warner Brothers movie. It's about the kid with the glowing eyes. No. Okay, you have HBO. Yeah, HBO Go. Yeah, just you, you watch it. It's 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 an independent. It, it's kind of made independently, but it's definitely about it's about alternative universes and cool. And uh, it's 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 a little bit slow moving, but if you can handle that kind of stuff, like if you're not again, if you're not looking for action every ten seconds, yeah, it's interesting conceptually. Yeah, cool. I will check it out. Um, yeah, I just I, I I like thinking about that stuff and just kind of you know. And I think when you say there's no ghosts, I don't really believe in ghosts, but I do think that people's energy stays sometimes. You know what I mean? There's, it goes I think, somewhere. I, I think the energy that you you, evolve. you put out as a human when you're alive and once you're done with your body, I think that energy can stay within the universe and, and affect different things. And do you I, think it goes into cats and dogs and turtles I don't know if it goes into cats and dogs and, and turtles, but I just think as a, it can just remain as a life force kind of and just affect things negatively or positively depending on who you were as a person. Yeah. Again, I'm not trying to get weird. I'm just, no, I, yeah, I, I don't care. I know. I mean, listen, we just made it from 2016 to 2017. Hey, by the way, yeah, the future. So did you? So what was? How was New Year's? By the way, New Year's was great, man. You know I what could, I did? You fell asleep by nine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the day before. The day before, and you slept through the entire... <laughs> yeah, we, we I was with Lachlan uh, and a, a comic named uh, Anthony. Yeah, in the Chicago Improv in Schaumburg. Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night was New Year's. Thursday night, a bunch of my family came out to the show. So I'm going to stop you there for just one second. Is this the first time you've been back to Illinois since the Cubs won the World Series? Yes. Is the environment a little bit... Did it feel different this they year? They were not as... I went on stage with the Cubs hat every night, and I'm telling you, man, 
half the audience was White Sox fans and they weren't that pumped. Like I would say, does anybody else have a baseball boner that won't go down? And like seven people, yeah! And then afterwards, I knew I'd like you when you had that Cubs hat on. The rest of the people, they don't care. I was like, how are we? How have we forgotten already? Like my buddy, my buddy Paul, sweatshirt, Cubs sweatshirt, Cubs hat, Cubs. He's like, oh, I'm gonna wear this gear for the rest of the year. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There are some people that are just as excited as me. I was a little uh, thrown back by how many people weren't just giving me standing ovations for just simply having a Cubs hat on. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So it was just weird. But um, yeah, those shows were great. A lot of family came out Thursday night. A lot of friends Friday night. Best Friday late show. I've ever been a part of. Audience now, when was, you say that, meaning they're engaged, they're not heckling, they're not overly drunk, they're not too disruptive. Yeah, typically, they get free tickets. They've had a lot to drink. They feel if talking is going to help the show, it's like a you know a you know it's bridal a weird dynamic party. that comedy. It, has. It, it just yeah, it's it's just been a, like Steve Martin's quote: "Why'd you quit stand up? The Late Show Friday." It's like people. It's notoriously bad. So these people were focused and into it. And then the New Year's show, the late New Year's show. How many shows did you do on New Year's? Two, just the just two. the okay. early one where everyone had dinner. Uh, and that was great, but then the later one, where you'd think they'd be swinging from the rafters and whipping bottles at each other, right? It was right before New Year's. The, the waitress was in the green room like, nobody's drinking. Like, it was a group of people who, instead of going out and getting blasted on New Year's, say, it's a different they group. go out and see comedy. Yeah. So they were attentive, they laughed, they had a good time, and at the end, we come off stage, Lachlan comes off stage for half an hour. And Lachlan Patterson, by the way, cannot say enough good things about this dude. We gotta have him on the show, but mm-hmm. if... You don't know who he is. Look him up. He watching him all weekend. He is like a combination of Brian Regan and Mitch Hedberg. It is a very, it's a very cool thing to watch. He's a very good comic. And let me tell you something real quick. Just to, to I, um, Lachlan was out here when I first started. Yeah, and then he left. He had to go back to Canada. I yeah, think. he's from Vancouver. So you know, and leaving is a very dangerous thing. You know, you very rarely see somebody leave and then come back. And he eventually came back. Now, obviously, he, pers- he continued to pursue a stand-up in Canada. He was Canada, still doing work. In doing Canada. his yeah. thing, and he got better Getting and better, better and better. Yeah. And not saying, I mean, he was always funny. I always thought the guy was funny. No, but he, we were he, here before. But I'm just saying, like, going back to the, the callback with, with Joe and leaving, that's sometimes people, unlike Joe's story, some people live, just leave because it was too hard. And they were like, maybe I'll come back. No, they don't. They almost never come back. Yeah, the, it's rare. The return Very rate rare. is like probably less than 2%. So it was always good to see him kind of like not completely disappear and get back into the system anyway. So back yeah. to your story. So anyway. But but if you like I said, if you haven't checked him out, you should because he's very funny. But he was the headliner. So uh, I, I went on and then he goes on and whatever. And, and he comes off after his set, does a regular set. Then we, there's a half an hour. He comes off at 1130. Then at about you know 1255 or 1155, we go back out, the three of us, the MC, Anthony. What did they do in the club for that half an hour? People they hand out noisemakers and hats and champagne toasts. So people are, can still keep drinking. They yeah. can do whatever they want. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So then we go back out, and they drop the screen down, and they play the Chicago local news had a countdown to this star oh, on the, okay. coming down, kind of like New York has the ball or whatever. Yeah. So they we did that, and we were on stage for the countdown. We do the countdown. Everyone goes crazy. The balloons drop from the ceiling. Confetti she, goes everywhere. made out? Or? Nah, I mean, there oh, were people. It was, you no, know. I mean, you guys on stage. Oh, yeah, we all made out, open mouth okay. kissing all around. All right, and then good. people would come to the stage and be like, can we get a picture? And we would take pictures. and Because yeah. Lachlan does a meet and greet after every show where people are just super, excuse me, super excited to meet him and just take pictures with him. I mean, that was... It was super nice. He's the kind of guy who goes in and gets everybody's name at the club and really knows who's who and is really just, uh, you know, kind of honed in. He'd never eaten at Portillo's, uh, which, if anyone doesn't know, is an Italian beef place in Chicago. Uh, there's one in Southern California, but I took him to Portillo's before the Friday night show, 
and he had to take a dump while I was on stage. He couldn't even hold it for the whole night. He was, it was, his stomach was not used to it. It was pretty funny. Chicago. Yeah, but it was, those are good shows. That was a lot of fun. I'm hoping to get back to that club in October with Harlan Williams okay. if I can. Yeah. We'll see. Well, that's good. Yeah, I only did a New Year's once with Caliendo years ago, and I think the show ended right before... Well, that's what he was, Lachlan was saying he's bef- had to transition out of his comedy into the countdown. And I'm like, well, dude, what? What? That is terrible. I think Frank finished like five minutes before, and then he said, just come back out on stage. And I think it was me, Frank, and uh, Taylor Williamson, I believe, oh, was wow. the host. Oh, wow. And uh, the three of us uh, just came back on stage and did a... Uh uh, a thing. song and dance. You like how I, I, I and 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 in closing of this show, that just shows to show you the anonymous part of that. So Taylor became. Do we want America's Got Talent? Yeah. Frank Caliendo is living is in Frank a mansion Caliendo. in Arizona. Yeah. And I'm. <laughs> and I'm, you're hosting. You're co-hosting Hollywood Anonymous podcast with me and this cat over here, <laughs> who could not be less interested. <laughs> I think you're pretty successful. Who actually is what I call the industry. Um, mm-hmm. He uh, pays no attention to you and bites you in the hand when you try to pet him. Yeah, <laughs> Send to the emergency that's room. a perfect. That is a perfect name for your cat. The industry. <laughs> I like that. It's like if he was a professional wrestler. He's I'm the industry. Hey, hey, I just made a TV show. You want to clean that up? It's in the cat box. <laughs> I just made a TV show. Uh, go get your scooper. <laughs> go get your sifter. Um, but again, thank you to Joe Roderick and yeah. uh, all our you know diehard listeners, and then anybody who's new, man, let, drop us a line. Let us know uh, that you're listening now, and we will try to uh, interact with you. I guess if that's anything you even care about. Yep. Um, Happy New Year, guys. 2017. Make it the best year you can. Block out negativity. Stay positive. Thank you to my mom and her boyfriend for letting me stay there over the weekend without oh, charging me Mrs. rent. John's mom. I can't thank my mom for uh, now. If Mrs. John, now when Mrs. John comes out here, Mrs. John Huck comes out here, is she allowed to sleep in the bedroom with her boyfriend, or do you guys have rules they have to sleep in separate rooms until they get married? What kind of human being do you think I am, dude? What kind of question is that? <laughs> All right. All right. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe. 